This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porncast that wants to remind you that finally, fully vaccinated people can now eat ass out of Denny's parking lot. I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn, and with me is my gorgeous co-host, Kate Kennedy. Kate, are you excited or what? Uh, I ate ass on an air mattress in Burbank this weekend, so woohoo, Johnson and Johnson team, baby. You mean Johnson, Johnson, and Johnson? Mm, there was a lot of Johnsons in that, but no, there was just one. It was nice. I hooked up with my ex. It was fun. It's actually just three dicks. There's no shot involved. But we also have a guest with us who could be the third Johnson to our two Johnsons. Could be. We have comedian and podcaster John Drake. Hello. Thanks for having me. How quickly are you regretting this? Not at all. I'm here for this. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. What uh, What team are you on? Moderna, Pfizer? I am team Moderna. I got my second shot a couple days ago, so I was a little drowsy yesterday, but I'm feeling good now. Nice. Mine knocked me out for like, at first it was like two days and then I was tired for the next two weeks. Yeah. Well, that was the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Though. That was kind of yeah. janky, wasn't it? I feel like it is. It's. De- I mean, I had to drive. I live in LA. I had to drive to South Central to get it because uh, <laughs> they, they only have it available in like bad areas. But I only wanted to do it once. I didn't want to have, because if you have the two shots and you, what, you feel crappy for four weeks, like spaced out. I wanted to be on the one and done team so bad, but I, yeah, I could not find a single appointment near me, but I only felt bad for like a day or two, but it just takes fucking seven or eight weeks from your first shot till you can finally like, you know, go out in public and mm-hmm. lick strangers or whatever. Yeah. This one was two weeks. It was just uh one shot, two weeks. I went down and uh, like, it's like in a parking lot. Right. And I like, I'm trying to like make small chat with like the nurse. I'm like, so how's your day? And she doesn't skip a beach. She just goes, well, stabbed a bunch of homeless people earlier. And I was like, that sounds like an awesome day. Not the way you mean it. Did your nurse have a teardrop tattoo? Yeah. But I asked if they were busy and they were like, they honestly sounded lonely. They're like, no, like people weren't really showing up. And I like wanted to hug them. I was like, oh, like, so sad. Let them give their vaccines to people. Yeah. So then I told everyone to go down there, get it one and done. That was my nickname in high school. We're at the point now where it's just like convincing the dumb people to go get it. Like everyone who wanted it can get it by now. And now it's just working on the other ones that, you know, need convincing for some stupid reason. (sighs) Shout out to my grandma. I heard something along the lines that the Ohio lottery is going to give five people a million dollar each just to promote vaccination, which frankly, a very American incentive. Right. Yeah. It's right up there with the free donuts, which I still have not gotten yet. Krispy Kreme. It's good for a whole year. So you got time. I have to go find a Krispy Kreme. That's um, the problem. Yeah, there's not that yeah, many I don't know left. There, there's not a lot of them in LA. I feel like it's mostly like small. I go to Treo's Donuts all the time, which I love. I grew up in Queens, and I've never seen a Krispy Kreme store, like a standalone Krispy Kreme place. So. I'm trying to think of where they are. I feel like the I went to one in like Seattle is probably the first place I saw one. I remember I grew up in Colorado, and we didn't get Dunkin' until I was in college. Now they're, they're everywhere. But I remember like the first Dunkin' Donuts opening. We were really stoked. Were you guys disappointed right right after it opened? Because I imagine you were. Dunkin' Donuts is not that good. I like Dunkin'. It's not. Uh, I'm also Canadian, so we always used to go to Tim Hortons, which I do think Tim Hortons has donut supremacy. Tim Hortons is fucking great. But I heard they went downhill now. That's what everyone says. I haven't been back in a few years, but uh, they used to be great, and their coffee was really good, too. They had really, really good coffee. Don't go back now. It'll just ruin it for you. <laughs> All my childhood memories. I heard they're not that good anymore. But yeah, I also grew up in the Northeast, so definitely was not familiar with seeing a Tim Hortons around. But you know what I only saw until this year? 
a Waffle House. You had never oh. seen a Waffle House? It took me 31 years. I hope you went in there and, and tried it. Oh my God, I tried the entire menu <laughs> and it was delicious. Oh, it's great. Waffle House is awesome. Waffle House bugs. Oh yeah. The pecan yeah. waffle for like $3 or whatever. It's the size of a dinner plate. You can't beat that. It's the best value in food. It's so good too. Um, I just, I don't understand why we don't have them in the North at all. Yeah, we had one in our town in Colorado. It's like right off the highway. I remember there was like a waffle house that was right off of the, the highway outside of our town and there was nothing else there. It was just like a little country road that connected to the freeway and there was just one waffle house. Just a beacon of light in the middle of just nothing. Just a beacon of light and then in nowhere. And now there's like a gas station and shit. But like back then it was just the lone waffle house. But I was thinking about it. I realized I've been to a number of blue states and I've never seen a waffle house in a blue state. So I, I realized there might be a trade-off like... If you have access to contraceptives or Planned Parenthood, you can't have a Waffle House. Like, the more access your society and your region has, there's definitely way Waffle Houses. And it was true because I posted it online and people were like, yeah, we got one Planned Parenthood, but like 100 Waffle Houses. Well, yeah. Where do you think the back alley where they do the back alley abortions happens? It's behind the Waffle House. Right. Then you go in and get a pancake. You get a discount. It's a delicate ecosystem that you upset if you give people too much access. To Waffle House? Yeah. Oh, Have you guys heard about how they, uh, I think it's like FEMA uses Waffle House as a, their disaster scale of whether or not if the Waffle House is closed, that's like a Katrina level disaster. This is an actual thing. I believe it. but <laughs> The government uses this like ranking system. It's absolutely real. Shut up. No, it's complete. Google it. Google like Waffle House disaster ranking. The skeptic in me needs to Google this. Uh, Waffle this House FEMA. I don't want to know. Right. If it's not true, don't tell me. Just let me live with this belief forever because it brought a little light to my life today. The Waffle House Index is an informal metric named after the Waffle House restaurant chain and is used by FEMA to determine the effect of a storm and the likely scale of assistance required for disaster recovery. Amazing. <laughs> yep, it's absolutely a thing. I'm actually surprised you didn't know about this, Alice. I th This was like a fact that I totally would have thought. This is probably the most American thing I'll hear all day. Yeah, this takes the Krispy Kreme fact. Yeah, you know? uh, the index has three levels. Green means the full menu is available uh, because the restaurant has power. Damage is limited or no damage at all. Yellow, limited power uh, menu. No power or only power from a generator. Food supplies may be low. Red, the restaurant is closed, indicating severe damage, severe flooding, or nuclear fallout. Takes nuclear fallout to shut down Waffle House. Nuclear fallout to shut down the whole menu. Sometimes they still serve parts of it. What does a partial Waffle House menu look like? I would assume it's probably the stuff that you don't, like, if you can't heat it up, anything that's, like, ready-made. Right. Do we ever want to talk about this porno? We absolutely have to talk about this porno because I did so much digging on different histories and people, and I went on so many weird, like, roads when I was looking into this. So, uh, Kill Bill... <laughs> has a porn parody sure does. that was made in 2015 and the original kill bill came out in 2003 and john this is one of your favorite films i love kill bill i saw both in theaters multiple times i was maybe like 15 when the first one came out so i was definitely too young to be seeing it in theaters but you know i just fell in love with it because teenage kids love quentin tarantino movies because they're easily influenced by you know older people's opinions <laughs> and film douches so, yeah, I, but I, I still rewatch it, you know, every couple of years probably. So when I saw that there was a porn parody, I was on board until I realized it's like the fucking apocalypse now of porn parodies. 
It's like three hours long. Plot-wise, this was, I think, the best one I have watched for this show so far. I was very impressed with the the plot of this one and the way all of the dialogue, all the acting scenes. Very impressed. I have watched, I want to say, at least 50-plus porn parodies for this podcast at this point. The longest by far being the Archer series, which was eight hours long. Why? Did you watch the whole thing? <laughs> yes, twice. Was it animated? <laughs> no, it was Tommy Pistol acting his ass off. Oh, geez. Yeah. Respect. Yeah, real respected actors. Actually, maybe it was four hours and I just watched it twice, which was eight hours. Then as far as quality goes, best one so far has been probably Star Wars, just because they literally recreated Star Wars shot by shot for the porn. Okay, I like that. That's impressive. But this one, okay, so I want to say it was two and a half hours long, and I'm going to wager, what, 60-70% of it was plot. Yeah, Yeah. it was mostly, I was like skipping over the porn scenes to get to the plot, and I kept having to like toggle and be like, wait, are they fucking? Are they talking? Is there something, am I missing an important part of this dialogue? Like... (laughs) Because if you miss something, the next thing you're like, and then it's like man from Okinawa and you're like, okay, uh, where are we? Hello. Right. And it wasn't so much as like a parody of Kill Bill because it didn't follow the storyline that closely. It was more of an homage. They kind of took the Kill Bill setting and characters and just built their own story around them. So it was pretty ambitious for a porn. Right. I love the way that they do these. I feel like people outside of the porn industry don't understand how this particular kind of porn gets made because it is really... It's wacky from like a business standpoint when you think about it, because they really do. These are the only movies that have budgets like this. Right. The point is not even really to make porn. I mean, the point is for them to go viral and everybody be like, oh my God, they did a porn parody of blah, blah, blah. But it is such a fucking crazy fun. I I never got to do those kind of pornos. Uh, I never got cast in the feature stuff when I was performing, which made me really sad. Kind of. They do take forever. You're on set for like 14 hours a day. But uh, it really is kind of a bonkers job to just be like, here's, $30,000. Go fucking make Kill Bill, but they fuck. Right. Because you have all the problems of like a regular movie set and then all the problems of a porn set, I imagine. So it's like really trying to do two different jobs at the same time. Yes. And also like a lot of the people that were in this movie and are in a lot of them, you see the same porn stars. There's like feature porn stars that do a lot of features. Like our friend um, that we just interviewed. Eva Lovia. Eva Lovia. Yeah, she's in this one, right? Yep. Yeah. Like, she was very much like a feature girl. And they're, they, like, get to do all of those really long, fun ones, which I think are so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great because even when we were speaking with her, she mentioned to us way back when, she was like, oh, yeah, for the Kill Bill one, they had a stunt coordinator. And it was the same stunt coordinator that helped coordinate stunts for the Power Rangers. Oh, wow. Yes. I remember her telling us that. Yes. Which you can totally tell in that sparring scene. Right. It had some Power Rangers-like choreography. Mm -hmm. I actually Googled the guy, and I think, and I'm like 99% sure I found the same person, but I'm fairly confident he was one of the former leaders of the famous Jackie Jan stunt team. So choreographed tons of action films like Rush Hour, Double Team, a bunch of Chinese and Japanese action films. And, oh, Power Rangers, by the way, um, is it just me or are they just a paramilitary group? Kind of. I guess I could see that. Yeah, they're... (laughs) Does all cops or bad extend to the Power Rangers? I say yes. I vote yes. Yes. I think they're they're definitely in the law enforcement sphere. So, no thank you. Although the outfits are cool. 
But speaking of cops, I mean, they're technically minors. So, I mean, I guess if the cops wanted to work with the Power Rangers, it's kind of like a reverse 21 Jump Street scenario, where instead of them trying to get involved in high school, they're getting high schoolers involved as being cops, which is really the perfect scenario because then their records get expunged at 18 and you could start with new ones. Wait a minute, I figured out a way that bad cops can get away with more shit. And it's Power Rangers. They got these teenage scapegoats on the hook for all this shit. It's brilliant. But they those that first series ran for like seven years. I don't know. Those kids had to be like 27 by the time it was over. I would also say that, because this is another thing people don't know, but the stunt community is actually pretty small from what I understand. Because they have a couple friends that are like stunt doubles. They like do stunts. And um, they do know everybody. It's It's not a huge world. I think actually in terms of like, if you have like an MMA background or whatever, it's of all of the parts of Hollywood, my understanding of, is that's not like a terribly difficult one to get into. That makes a lot of sense. I'm not shocked yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. Like there's there's not like a lot of like training facilities and stuff. Like there's in terms of how many actors or musicians or whatever the fuck there is in, in LA. Right. It's more practical experience. Yeah. Hey, are you good at not getting injured doing dangerous stunts on set and uh, a little insane? They're all a little <laughs> crazy. Uh, Nathan Bronson does stunts or used to, um, which is how I know about this world. Uh, and he's a kooky, kooky guy. Great guy. Really funny. But uh, yeah, he flips over shit and lights things on fire and eats it and does all that. Why do I name know that name? You definitely know him. He and I came up in porn around the same time. He's uh, he's still working. Very nice guy. So he does stunts in mainstream movies and porn? Yeah, he he moved out, I think, to L.A. to do stunts uh, in mainstream and was still doing that. I mean, he's gotten pretty successful in porn, but uh, so I don't know that he still does stunts, but I know he was doing both at the same time for quite a while. Oh, wow. I really hope he's doing stunts in porn. He does. Yeah, he does. He gets cast for actually, as people started to find out that he did that, he started to get cast in more roles where he would get to do. It was the same as like when I started doing stand-up. And then I would show up on a porno set and they'd be like, can you just make this funny? <laughs> like, thanks. Dance monkey. Yeah, that's how that works. You're doing script punch up on the porn set like that. You should get an extra money. They would hand it to me and be like, yeah, can you just make this funny? And I'm like, no, it's I fucked my stepmom volume 74. I can't. <laughs> this is inherently pretty funny to me. <laughs> I liked all the uh, the cars that they used. I was pretty impressed with the amount of because that must have been a lot of rentals and stuff for like the. I didn't even notice. You didn't even notice when they're in the junkyard and everything. With all, oh yeah, then, there's like, that the pink, pink that pink old classic car that they that they fuck in and on and around. Because I think it like budget wise, so like I'm like thinking like oh my god, you'd have to add that rental cost in. Plus, like all of the locations, they used a lot of locations in this movie. They probably need extra insurance too to use these cars. You know, if they're classic cars. I would assume so. Yeah, the cleanup fees and everything, it's gonna be it's gonna be extra money in their pocket. Unless a lot of them came from junkyards. Well, the pink one definitely didn't. The pink one was a, a rental you could tell from like a company that, that runs those classic cars for movies and stuff. So I guess before we get too deep into the porn parody, John, for someone who has never seen Kill Bill, how would you describe it? Give me a synopsis. Okay, so Uma Thurman plays an assassin with no name for most of the movie, and she leaves behind her assassin life to get married. She falls in love, but her former boyfriend slash boss finds out, murders everyone at the wedding, including he thinks her. She survives, goes on a bloody quest for revenge that spans two whole movies, killing a bunch of people and you know recruiting allies along the way until she finally Kills Bill. It's a Quentin Tarantino movie. 
yeah, it's it's bloody beyond all you know idea of realism. It's kind of like hyper realistic. Doesn't take place in our world necessarily, but it's pretty badass. Uma Thurman, one of her best roles, I would say. My favorite review of a Quentin Tarantino movie is the time my mom went to go see The Hateful Eight with my dad and didn't know what it was about. Oh, jeez. And then she called me on the way out of the theater and she goes, it's just really gross. It was really gross. Yeah. That's a tough one, too. <laughs> that's... I don't like it. And then my dishy hand up on my dad. He goes, it was fucking awesome. Let me tell you, it was like Pulp Fiction in the West. It was so great. And I was like, cool. This is... You, Roger Ebert could not have written a better review to make me go see this movie. <laughs> I'm definitely going to go. Mom thinks it's gross. Dad says awesome. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I'd say the vast majority of Quentin Tarantino movies fall into the mom hates them, dad loves them category. I would agree. I would agree. This was the only Tarantino movie that said fuck less than 100 times. How many times did they say fuck in both of the Kill Bill movies? Roughly a billion. <laughs> like Wrong. How many times? 17 times. That's like PG out by Quentin Tarantino standards. It's exactly the same number of times I said, fuck watching this porn. (laughs) (laughs) The FCC was cracking down in 2003, apparently. I could see them giving a hard time about these movies. (laughs) They're extremely bloody. Oh, yeah. There was one scene that was so bloody by whoever gives the movie ratings out that it was shot in black and white. But I know that the uh, DVD uh, version comes in full color. Right. Yeah. It was when she's fighting the crazy 88 in the nightclub uh, before she fights Oren Ishii, played by Lucy Liu. They, yeah, they had to make it black and white because (laughs) for some reason that's less upsetting if the blood is black instead of red? I don't know. The logic is always strange with them. There's so many stories of people getting notes from the MPA that they had to change certain things, and then they just sent the same movie back without changing anything, and they okayed it the second time. Like, it's very inconsistent. Nobody <laughs> nobody really knows what's going on there. It's like the IRS. It's just a yeah. big mystery what happens in there. It just really depends who you talk to that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was upsetting to me was finding out that they used condoms for the blood effects for the blood spatter. What they decided to do was they used a reportedly Chinese condoms filled with fake blood throughout the splatter she- scenes in uh, volume one and two. And there were 450 gallons of blood spilled filming both movies overall. Think of all those condoms. Fake blood is so gross. It's like it's corn so syrup, sticky. right? Yeah, and it tastes like it, it kind of. I think it usually tastes like strawberry or cherry. It's like being covered in Robitussin. It's gross. Unless you have a cold that day, then it's kind of nice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like the wounds are like jelly, kind of. And it's, I used to do a bunch of fake snuff porn because uh, I die really pretty. So I was very well known in that genre. <laughs> that was the kind of porn I did. <laughs> they would cover you in like this sticky, like jelly and it like it's really hard to get off you have to like use conditioner first and then soap yuck oh man after i started doing that i was always the girl on porno sets that had a full thing of shampoo and conditioner like just in case the veteran like you've been through you've been through it before you know the tricks it was very popular to work with because i always came super prepared any kind of like toiletry soap lotion thing you could think of i always had in my bag wait a minute i didn't know you did snuff porn um i'm like pretty well known for it elaborate and what was your best dying scene oh man the one that i'm the most proud of was where i got drowned and actually Nathan Bronson did it because we used to do them together up in Oregon. There's like this company that does them and they would hire us to do them. And uh, 
you do a bunch of clips throughout the day. They're short. So like he would just kill me like 50 different ways um, throughout the day. And then he would fuck my dead body. And it's really hard to get fucked and be a corpse like you because you can't move. And for a lot of it, you have to be able to keep your eyes open, but not blink. Uh, which I got very, very good at. But um, the one I think I'm proudest of is he drowned me like in a tub and I had to keep my eyes open like underwater as a dead body, like under the water, like like floating. And then he had to drag my body like out of the tub and you have to be limp the whole time. It's hard. Like it's it's a lot more physically difficult than it sounds when you like on paper. Um, but he had to drag me out of the tub and like lay me on the bathroom floor and then he like fucked me. <laughs> I assume you get paid extra for this. It's like above and beyond the normal. <laughs> you do. It pays really well. That's like part of why I had started. Doing it. And I was into like, I had was already kind of in the like BDSM kink, more like extreme genre anyways. Um, Cause I liked doing, cause I like that. Cause I, I mean, I kind of am like a stunt person too, I guess a little bit. Sure. In that I loved all of the like tying up fake. And then there's like the fake knives that like the blade goes into the thing. They stab you. I've been hung. I've been choked a bunch of times. I've been suffocated with a plastic bag. Uh, I've been shot. I don't think I've ever been lit on fire. That seems like it'd be hard to fake without, like, you know, unless you just have wearing a suit of some sort. But Yeah, and we didn't have a huge special effects budget. So, yeah, but it was it was fun. I get a little flack for having done that from some people. But, like, I mean, it's to me, it's the same as, like, a horror movie. It, it really is kind of like making a shitty horror movie that's also a porno. Yeah. So. That's so cool. It was really fun. It's like a very silly thing. And then, you know, you're covered in blood and you like pop back up at the end of it. You're like, hey guys, good job. Get her cleaned up. All right. I mean, you said it paid really well. I have yeah, to ask. Yeah. I mean, we have an idea of like normal rates for st- content, and which are always yeah. going down. But how much were you paid for like some of those scenes? Um, you get paid by the day. So basically they, it's a little different than most pornos there. They'll be like, uh, we want to shoot for eight hours. So here's like the eight hour rate, which is a little longer than a, a typical porno takes, but you're shooting a bunch of clips. They're shorter. So like they don't always come like a lot of the clips they shoot, they fake the come scene um, so that you can keep shooting. So you'd shoot like four, maybe five clips a day, depending on how long they were. And we'd make about $1,800, but that's no anal. So for just boy-girl sex, very short sex scenes too. Like the sex is less than maybe 10 minutes right? Um, for each clip. Oh, wow. Because really it's more the setup and the dying that you're doing. That's like physically. But um, I mean, it'd be like a long day, but we would break for lunch. And sometimes they'd be shooting with other people. They would usually hire like maybe four or five different talent and be like, you guys shoot this one. You go do this one. And we'd be in like big warehouse. It was up in Portland. It was fun. I, I really enjoyed doing that. I know not everybody liked it, but I always had a good time. That sounds fun. Adventures and stuff porn. So yeah. And a lot of times too, they're um, making videos like for specific buyers. It's more like a custom studio. So like the guys will send in and they'll pay for it. So like the guys pay, I mean, they pay thousands of dollars for these clips to be made. Right. And if they request you specifically, then like you get extra money for that too. So that was nice. So you'd often get like a bump up bonus of a few hundred dollars to be doing whatever else. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can you imagine being a person who's like, I loved seeing Kate die. I need to see her die again, but slightly differently. There was a couple. But then now you have to get over the mental gymnastics that no, 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 this woman's not actually dead. She's pretending to be dead, but she's so good. I'm going to just... I'm going to suspend reality and allow this to happen. Hands down, those were my favorite fans. Um, Because I think they know that what they're into is a little bit weird. 
And uh, so they're but very, I love it. they were v- always very respectful. A lot of them, like after the studio would send the clip to them and they would get it and they'd already paid and everything. But a lot of times they would send me gifts afterwards, like on my wish list or extra tips. Um, wow. Later, they would come back and write me a message and be like, I loved this so much. Thank you so much. You did such a great job. Here's blah, 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 whatever. And uh, yeah, I, I really liked those fans. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was very nice. I, I yeah. really, I mean, a lot of porno fans are a little problematic. Those guys were... A-OK in my book. They were always really cool. Right up there with quicksand porn guys. Quicksand porn guys. I never did that. What is quicksand porn? Women sinking in sand. It's definitely a thing. Where does the sex happen? It doesn't. Oh, okay. So it's just about the sinking. Look, some people just, you know, the old John Mulaney trope thought quicksand was going to be a bigger deal. Turns out divorce was. Oops, sorry. That's mean. I feel bad. I actually feel very bad about this. I know. I'm kind of heartbroken about it. I am too. I was like really sad when I found, I just feel bad for him. Like it sounds like an awful, I heard his new hour is intense. Why does everyone feel bad? Divorces don't have to be sad. Yeah, but he just got out of rehab. And his ex-wife did say she was uh, heartbroken Heartbroken. about the decision to divorce. So it seems like it was not like mutually decided upon. Yeah, but maybe he realized, no, I need a fresh start. So maybe it's sad for her, but not so much for him. Oh, I agree. Yeah, divorce is healthy. It's still just, you know, you see your favorite celebrities. You want them to always be thriving in everything they do. Yeah, and I have someone that really does. Because, I mean, people, he's very beloved. And then, you know, has this awful relapse and then goes into rehab and then comes out, gets divorced. I uh, read something from somebody that went to, he's doing five nights at City Winery in New York right now. uh, And he's doing a full new hour and I read something yesterday from somebody that went, and he said it was intense. He's not just going for the laughs this time. He's getting real. Uh, he said it was really funny. It was it was okay. Mulaney. It was really, really good, but uh, that it was a lot about relapsing and rehab and his marriage and divorce, and it was just, it was heavier topics. Of course. I would like to catch one of those shows, but they're very expensive right now. <laughs> yeah. They're, I mean, he sold out the whole week. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully he'll be on the road, like, doing it soon or having a special to do it because I know I think he has a couple more Netflix specials left on that deal. Yes, I believe so. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So back to the porn parody, <laughs> uh, which we did we barely even started. We hope you're doing well, John Mulaney, <laughs> if you're listening to this. We want you to do well and do you. Live your best life, John. All right. So what did the porn get right? Let's start there because uh, there's so many chapters. There's what, like 13 chapters to this? Yeah, they really split it up. Like every time there's a sex scene, it starts a new chapter of the story. Mm-hmm. Or when there's not a sex scene, when they've just finished telling part of the story, they just go into a new chapter. That was even more jarring somehow because I'm like, all right, so there should mm-hmm. be a sex scene right here. And I'm like, wait, no, where is it? They're just they're <laughs> continuing with the story. Like <laughs> throwing me off my game. There's supposed to be a structure to these things. I mean, so John, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know that it was more of an homage, but as someone who hasn't seen Kill Bill in many, many years, I mean, they started with uh, Black Orchid, which was the Vivica Fox character Mm -hmm. killing her. Uh, Very different take on it. No kitchen, cereal box scene. If you have no idea what I'm referencing, just, just YouTube it. It's good. Yeah. What I like, though, is... Not too long after, they go into the Tiger Lily origin story where, or at least her origins with the mob, right? Uh, mm-hmm. where she kills uh, Vito, yeah. who's upset because uh, his father built the business with his brains, bronze, and balls, went to school together, they're cousins, and Tiger Lily's giving orders, calls her a racial slur, and she shoots him in the head, which was a great homage to 
the actual film where uh, Lucy Liu does something really similar where guys, you know, does a slur of, you know, her race nationality and she cuts his head off. Yep. Yeah, they followed that part of the story pretty closely. Nice take on it. Changing, I think it was the Yakuza in the first Kill Bill and they changed it to the Italian mob, but still close enough where it, it worked in the same way. It made a lot of sense. The uh, acting in that scene really got me because you can tell he's struggling with the script. <laughs> Because he, he like that, that's something I always notice in pornos. Because you can, I can tell. Because porn performers are not actors. Even like these guys that are like more actor e. Right. They're still not actors, and so like you can tell. There's always like a pause between the dialogue because they're trying to remember what the script is. And I like when he's like about to say fuck. You can tell it's just like a half a second too long. Like, Do you have a problem? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> There's that, yeah, there's that hesitation where he's dipping just into his mm -hmm. mental, you know, reservoir a little bit, a little bit more than like a professional actor might. And it just, which is so great because the next line is fuck. Like, it's, right. uh, it's, yeah, how hard is that to remember? Right. <laughs> Couldn't quite pull that one out of memory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shouts Ooh. to Vito. May he rest in peace. Shot in the head. Kind of deserved. It. I'm curious to see who, or, uh, because I didn't recognize a lot of the extras in this. I'm always interested in who the extras in pornos are because a lot of times they're either up and coming porno actors that are trying to like get bigger roles or sometimes they're just random people. Like one time a guy played my dad and he just like worked at a weed dispensary with the director. <laughs> like <laughs> They're just like, Harvey, you want to play? You want to be in a porno today? Because being an extra in porn does not pay well. It only pays, like, even for movies like that where you have quite a bit of dialogue, they're not making more than maybe $200. I'm shocked it pays at all, to be honest. It looked like everyone was there as a favor. But. It's a lot of work, honestly. Being an extra, because you're, you're on set really, really long time. You tend to have more dialogue than the porn, like the actual porn performers. Yeah, I did not care for being an extra. After, like, maybe six months in the industry, I pretty much went to my agent and was like, I'm not doing extra work no more. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, extra works just sounds like fun for me. I would absolutely love to do it, but I would have to be doing stuff like in between sets, like, right, guys, I got to shoot out an email. Like you're mostly sitting there. I would try to like either take stuff from my OnlyFans or sometimes I would just bring a book. Also like weirdly, and I obviously I cannot speak to any of these and Eva was lovely, but a lot of times when you're an extra, the actual like porn performers are super rude. Like that's been my experience number of times. Well, that's awkward too if you're coming up in the industry and then like a month later you got a scene with them you're like you were really mean to me on the set of kill bill yeah you treated me like shit when i was an extra excuse me right like no that's been my experience in, in several cases they kind of act like they're a little bit above everybody there's a there's a hoity-toitiness to it like oh i'm in a feature i uh i shoot for digital playground i'm a i'm a feature performer gotta treat everyone with respect there's that attitude. It's very weird. It's like, all right, cool. I will be over here doing five volumes of stepsister, brother, father porn every month instead. <laughs> These people are nicer. <laughs> I mean, it's like 80% of the porn made. Though. I'm going to stick with the snuff people. <laughs> I mean, you also look so young, Kate. I mean, how could you not do a ton of babysitter and stepsister stuff? Thank you. I actually just switched up my skincare routine and it's, uh, I'm glowing. Thank you. Flawless. I'm using hydrololic acid because I'm trying to, I don't want to look like 15 still, but I also don't want to look 30 and I'm getting close. So, yep, starting to 
use the serums. As someone in her 30s, okay, so I'm fishing for compliments. Next time porn shit starts happening again and I go to the conferences, if you're a porn director, just say, oh my God, have I seen you in babysitter stuff? Just say that to me. It'll make me feel good. It's for my ego. I'm going to go call all of them and tell them to do this. Yeah. I'm going to make a note to remind myself the next time we go to AVN. And I'm going to be like, if you see me with a blonde lady, tell her she looks 18. Do we think it's happening this year? When does it usually happen? What time of year? Uh, it's in January. January. So, oh, so it's uh, a good shot. from what I know, 2022 is on. Yeah. I think there's so a good far. shot for that. Yeah. That seems yeah. like the right time. I'm down. I'm in. I mean, I'm definitely going uh, for podcasts related stuff in general. And also it's in Vegas, so it's, it's not very far. Uh, I'm really excited to not have to sign this year. <laughs> so stoked. Those social distancing rules coming in clutch. Yeah. Oh, man. it's I, I hated signing any of it. Like, it, I don't hate it. It's just exhausting. You're there for like eight hours. It's, it's really long. And you're just sitting there. And I feel like my signature looks weird. And, and also practicing your autograph is a douchey thing to do. But I you have to. But I, I was embarrassed. Wait, what? Why would you have to practice your autograph? If it looks like shit, it looks like shit. Because I want it to look like shit. I want it to look good. Right. What if you get roasted on the internet because of your autograph? That's on you. Yeah, but also it's like if you're getting at no paid one to does. sign autographs, like don't you care what it looks like? I do. No, mine looks unique. I just got in a, deba- a debate on Reddit with someone about whether or not there are professional signature consultants in Hollywood. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's a thing. It's like, I do think people practice. It might be something your PR person would handle, but I don't think there's someone that like designs signatures for celebrities. I don't know. You think with the insecurity in Hollywood that they don't have somebody like coaching them at least on that, at least some kind of like personal trainer for signing things. I would assume that that falls under the purview of like a PR person, right? But I don't think that you can actually go hire a signature consultant. Just carry a stamp. Just get your own personal stamp with your signature on it. Carry that around easier for everyone. And then you know how it's going to look 100% of the time. Exactly. Removes a ton of different hand cramps. Yeah. Right. Auto pen. Carpal tunnel, mm-hmm. thing of the past now. Look at that. We're solving exactly. problems. Exactly. It's like, hey, look, uh, fan, I know you really want my signature, but uh, I got to save my wrist. It's my dick stroke and wrist. That's right. It's my moneymaker. There is like a machine that will sign things for you. I think it's called like an auto pen. And you can like load the signature into it and it'll just sign things with an actual pen. So it'll look like a real signature. Do you have to hold it? I assume. No, you like put like the papers next to it. It's like a printer. But like a 3D signature. printer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like a 3D, but it holds a pen and it like goes down on the paper and goes like Barack Obama and then done. That's how they do like White House Christmas cards and stuff. Of course. Yeah. They don't actually sign them by hand. Yeah. No, there's, there's a machine for that. Bill Clinton did not sign my Christmas card when I was a kid. No, he put it in the machine. This is very upsetting. Yeah. Technology. It's ruining everything. I know. This is just me. Destroying so many jobs. I like that the alternative title for this should just be, this podcast should just be Kate destroys everyone's (laughs) reality. (laughs) Waffle House is used to predict disasters. (laughs) A lot of porn stars are rude. Um, You know what? Uh, No, no, no. I'm going to take, no, I'm going to ruin this. I'm convinced that Bill Clinton signed a number of his signatures because he is such an egomaniac. And I am like, look, if we're going to six degrees this from Kevin Bacon, I'm like two degrees away from him. And I have heard way too many stories about him, like interrupting conversations with a saxophone. I believe that a hundred percent. Yeah. John Mulaney has a great story about that. Where his mom gets walked home by uh, Bill Clinton. That's right. Yeah, and then he uh, remembers her like later at the uh, fundraiser thing. He's like, Ellen Mulaney, how are you? Because Bill Clinton never forgets abroad. <laughs> Such a great line. Speaking of broads, there's one with an eye patch. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Belladonna in this movie. Yeah. Played by Ash Hollywood. Yeah, I believe so. And who uh, who is Belladonna in normal Kill Bill? Ellie Driver. That's like Bill's right-hand lady after Uma Thurman is, you know, cast out. That becomes like his number one. So I have to say, I was really disappointed with the hospital set. Yeah, there was like a, a leather couch in the room. That doesn't feel like a real hospital room to me. I know where that <laughs> hospital is. I've been there. What, Wait, was it ever it? a hospital or is it just like no. a warehouse? Okay. That is probably the craziest place I've ever shot a porno at, actually. It is a set. It's up in Latuna Canyon, up like north of the valley. It's this huge building. It's massive. There's like four floors. All of it is sets. And so like you literally will like turn a corner and you'll be in a Victorian house and then you turn another corner and you like feel like you're on you're in ER. Like, it's so weird. There's a plane outside, like half of an airplane that they use to, like, shoot plane scenes. It's crazy. It's mostly used for, like, low-budget movies and porns. But you can rent it out. It's a real place. Um, and it is just the... Literally, I'm. it's such a disconcerting place to walk around because you really do turn a corner and you're just completely... And it's all lit that way, too. So, like, it's lit to look like a hospital. And then you turn a corner and you're in, like, grandmother's attic. And it's lit to look like that. It sounds like it'd be awesome to like get super high and wander around. Yes. I've <laughs> spent like a full day there and I probably only saw like maybe 30% of it. Like it's a huge place. I would love to just go wander around. Yeah. And it's full of props and old costumes and like random, like you just could create anything there. It's like a really fun, it's, pr- it's pretty run down. It's not like the yeah. nicest place I would say uh, for sure. Cause it's definitely low budget, but it, it is a crazy fucking building. Okay, so we're going to talk after because when I'm in the LA vicinity, I am absolutely going there and I don't give a shit how much it costs, but I will pay the hour or two fee and walk around. And Kate, you're fucking joining me and John, I have no idea where the fuck you are, but you're welcome. I'll be there. I never met the people that owned it because I just showed up. Um, I'm sure if you asked around in porn enough, you know who'd probably know would be like Johnny Sins. Or somebody Probably. like that who's done a lot of doctor porn. Kate, I don't know Johnny Sins. I do. Well, that's one of us. Oh, I, I just, I, I figure you know the same people that I know. Sorry. You know of him. There's there's probably an email address on his website or something. I have his phone <laughs> number. You can just text him. Just ask him. Yeah. Please. You know. Okay, so I guess for me, the reason I was so disappointed in that hospital set is... I mean, I remember walking into... Kate, have you been on the Wood Rocket Hospital set? No, I've never been to Wood Rocket Studios. I wanted to go last summer at AVN and I didn't have time. So, John, just to give you an idea and to our audience, when you go to the Wood Rocket Studios, they have a number of different rooms that are dedicated to different scenes. So, for example, they have a whole room that you walk in and it's a goddamn classroom. That's got to be that's got to be off putting <laughs> to say the least. Like I love it. Even tiny chairs from when you were in like fourth grade. Right. They have this whole room that's a hospital room, and when you walk into it, they have old hospital, non-functional equipment, although, I mean, in a pandemic, it re- they should have, like, shelled out a little bit more for the functional ones. Right. But everything, they have everything there where you actually feel like, no, 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 if I close the door, this could be a hospital, potentially. And for that room, specifically now knowing that there is a, quote, hospital room in this entire building dedicated to various sets, and this is the laziest piece of shit I've ever seen (laughs) considered a hospital room, I do not approve. It's also multiple rooms. It's like, because it's set up to look like a hallway. It looks like the hallway in Scrubs. 
you know, okay. where like Carla's desk is and like they're walking. It looks exactly like that. I don't think it's the same place, but it does look, that's what it looks like. And then there's like little patient rooms. The hospital takes up, I think like half of a floor. Yeah, I know Scrubs filmed at a real hospital that was like, you know, shut down or whatever and a lot of other <gasps> yes, medical stuff. Yes, I remember stuff, that. So. I remember reading that, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what it looks like. So it's uh, it's a full, like multiple rooms. But yeah, they definitely have some weird little like, I guess it would be like an anachronism like in there where like, why is there this weird leather couch that looks like it should be like in a frat? Right. <laughs> in this corner. Like there's there's definitely some weird decoration where like, you just threw this. This was somewhere else and it just got thrown here. I guess they needed somewhere to have sex where they could theoretically not see Danny Daniels crawling out of her bed and slipping away, even though they could clearly see her from the angle they were at. Okay, right. I mean, I was watching then. I thought to myself, how could they not tell? He knew. Like, they, they, Tommy Gunn obviously saw her, you know, slide away. Have you met Tommy Gunn? Because he's not the most observant person. Oh, <laughs> I really like him. I did DMT with him in the desert one time, and he's a very nice guy. Uh, but actually, that part was pretty realistic for me. Fair enough. All right. All right. Check box. I guess for me then, uh, if you're in a coma, your muscles are atrophying. How long before your legs can work again? I don't know the answer. And I tried finding it and I couldn't figure it out. I have to cut them some slack here just because that's a leap the actual movie took as well. In Kill Bill, that's also a plot point. So it's super unrealistic, of course. But it was unrealistic in the original movie, so I'll give them a pass on that one. But yeah, it's got to be like a month, right? You've got to be doing intense physical you know, therapy every day to be able to walk again after that. She's using the power of her mind. Come on, little piggies. <sighs> yeah. Give me a twitch. We're promoting the secret on this podcast, apparently. I liked that. It? That was some good acting. She was good. I felt like her performance throughout the movie was, it was quite good. Also, was she wearing a wig? Yes. That was driving. Yeah, I thought it was a wig. That's definitely yeah. like an Uma Thurman wig, yeah. Speaking of unrealistic things, I mean, look, the original film, look, I knew from the get-go it wasn't realistic because not only can you not carry a katana onto a flight, there's no nonstop flights between El Paso and Okinawa. Fair point. You would definitely be connecting in LA. <laughs> yeah. Is there an airport in El Paso? Maybe. Who the fuck knows? I don't think so. Like maybe a small private one, but right. I don't think there's like yeah, a major you're probably, it's, airport. In Texas, you're probably driving a couple hours to like a major airport. Yeah, you'd have to go to like Dallas or Houston or I think San Antonio has an airport. Actually, wasn't that in No Country for Old Men? That was like an actual plot point they talked about was where to fly to get to El Paso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is weird actually too when you think about it because all of the airports in Texas are on the eastern side of the state. Like pretty much all of them, yeah. right? Because... Dallas, Houston, Austin, and San Antonio are all over on the east side. So I don't I don't think you can fly to West Texas at all. No. Unless I do know a lot of people in Texas that own like small planes because you do fly around there. It's a really big state. So Right. I watched all the seasons of Friday Night Lights and I don't remember anybody like driving anyone to the airport real quick. You know, in West Texas. It seems like it's a ordeal to get on a commercial flight from there. Right, yeah. The worst place to get stuck and also the hardest place to get out of is West Texas. <laughs> so back to the porn. Back to the porn, sorry. That was such a tangent. No, it's allowed. I mean, that's what this show is mostly. So I stayed up all night playing Mario Kart with my friends, so it's actually pretty amazing that I'm this <laughs> awake right now. I just got Mario Kart. It's so fun. Wait, who's your Mario Kart character? Uh, Baby Mario. Baby Mario. Baby Mario. Okay, Alice, do you have one? Never thought about it before, uh, just because I switch between so many. I don't know, Yoshi's, your Mario's, your Toad's, Yoshi's your, mine, your yeah. Mario with the Fox. Um, 
that said, speaking of which, Wario, did y'all see, uh, this just kind of came out today. I know it's going to come out in a couple of weeks, this episode, but apparently someone from like an Italian American committee was like, you know what? Elon Musk destroyed the Italian American heritage with his Wario skit. Yeah. Wario, who's meant to be a super realistic portrayal of Italian Americans. Now his good name like has been Chef tarnished. Like Chef Boyardee. Right. Yeah. Like Chef Boyardee. Yeah, that's the thing that spoiled the, yeah. <laughs> the reputation now, of Italian-Americans. It was... Now Elon Musk has ruined it. Thanks a lot. Oh, man. I had so much fun with that this weekend. I like specifically tweeted out the day of how I think simping for Elon Musk is dumb. Because then I got a bunch of reply guys to simp for Elon Musk. And I was like, do you kind of see how this is dumb? And it was very fun. It was like my own little zwee show of baiting people into, <laughs> into showing how embarrassing it is that they've invested all of this money in Dogecoin. And then it tanked immediately during the episode. It, immediately. He, people have bombed on SNL before, but have they ever bombed so bad that it affected the economy? Like this might be a first. I have to say, though, as someone who bought a stupid amount of Doge when it was at like four cents, because I, I looked at it and I was like, this is really dumb. It's memeable. It's going to go up. Yeah. I decided, all right, let me throw some cash at this and see where it goes. I was not shocked that people were pumping it and then, you know, decided, oh, yeah, let me sell like as soon as like Elon Musk starts tanking. Because if you've ever seen any, any of his live performances or interviews, you know where this was going to go. There was this was not a shock. Not a performer. <laughs> The intersection of Elon Musk and comedy is hilarious to me. I mean, I understand, like, I guess you have all this money, so you can just, like, stumble into these kind of spaces. But it's just, like, of all of the people who are a little funny, could kind of do comedy. Because most people are a little funny. Right. But Elon Musk is just funny for existing. Like, he's not actually... Like, he is the joke. He's not telling the joke. All he does is tweet out, like, memes that are four months old. Yeah, yeah no, he's no delivery, no timing. He was like, all his skits were like pre-filmed so that they could edit them way down to, you know, eliminate all his awkward pauses. I mean, I'm not gonna listen to the episode of the Joe or episodes probably, but like, just what do he and Joe Rogan like sit around and talk about? Because holy shit, I cannot imagine that conversation. I mean, I can, but I try not to because I like to sleep at night. Email Kate a synopsis because she's not gonna listen. That's what I did this week. Joe Rogan does talk about like doing DMT in the desert a lot, though. He does. We would. He and I would have that in common. Yeah. So there's some common ground there, but that's about <laughs> where it ends, I'd imagine. Yeah. In terms of what I would have to talk to you about, I, I yeah. like elk jerky. Elk jerky is delicious. Okay. I'm terrible at archery. I'm super bad at it. I was the worst at summer camp at it. Is Joe Rogan an archer? Is that what you're telling me? He's very into it. Yeah, he's very into it. Oh, yeah. geez, I had yeah, no yeah. idea. Yeah, no. He posts about it on Instagram all the time. He's like always shooting at his target. That he has. He's like, I had no idea. You know this? Yeah, it's like a big hobby. He like goes and does, he does it like all the time. He has it at his house. He just like has like an archery range. He's very into it. It's not surprising, but yeah, I don't know why I'm shocked. It was mentioned to me like recently on a podcast episode. Someone was like, why does Joe Rogan follow you on Twitter? I'm like, I don't fucking know. And I plan to never DM him because I assume it's a mistake. It has to be a mistake. But I'm never going to correct him because I just kind of want to, you know, have people ad like look at my followers and be like, yeah. Joe Rogan follows her. I should follow her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. No. Meanwhile, I've never had contact with him in my life. Keep it for the clout. He doesn't follow me and we've been tagged and stuff together before. 
I have no idea if he follows me, but I don't think so. You know what I should do? I should finally take the courage to DM him and just assume that he's going to unfollow me after this and just say, hey, have you seen this snuff porn with Kate Kennedy oh that God, you did a show with? Check no, this out, I didn't Joe. do a show. I did a show with uh, my friend Jamar Neighbors. I did his podcast and he had just been on Rogan. And so Comedy Store tweeted out like, it's Jamar Neighbors with Kate Kennedy. And you can also see him on at the Joe Rogan Experience. So... I think you are closer to being on Rogan than I am, Alice, but uh, I hope you take me with you. I will take you to the creepy hospital set <laughs> if you take me on Joe Rogan with you. Thank you. A deal has been struck yeah. here. I'm witness to this. I vaguely remember where it is, but I went there I once. I need to get there. It's it's a. Cr- I remember it being a very crazy place. I think they had a double-decker bus, too, like a old red like London bus. If you're filming like an right. Austin Powers porn parody, you have that there on set, you know, just in case. I wonder if they used that. Did you? Did they use that in the Austin Powers porn parody? Oh, there Alice? was one. I was joking. <laughs> oh, there. Yeah, there is one. <laughs> okay. Oh, there is one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's an Austin Powers porn parody. Did they use what? The double decker bus. The red. No. Oh, okay. Because there, I think there is one there. Or there was missed opportunity, guys. Yeah. Okay. I need to. We need to talk about samurai swords. So obviously, in the porn, she finds a guy. Uh, you know, who 20 years ago from Okinawa now owns a goddamn sushi store and, you know, he's going to make a sword for her because he makes amazing knives. So good homage to the original. Mm-hmm. But I thought about this and um, why are there so many guys who are into samurai swords? Oh. I always think of Gabe from The Office. Yeah. <laughs> and he eats all the powdered seahorse. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say I didn't own a samurai sword. It's like in my early 20s. I knew it. Hung over the fireplace and everything. (laughs) My poor ex-girlfriend let me hang it there. But I think it's just like a weird misunderstanding and appreciation of samurai culture, which like they never read any books on it. All they've seen is like maybe they've played a couple video games and they're like, yeah, I'm going to make this my personality now. I like samurai stuff. and Yeah, because I boned. Guys who are into samurai, well, samurai swords, and I mean, they they have no political beliefs in common unless, like, swords are cool and I like slicing through plastic bottles is a political belief. Right. Counts as libertarian. They're not all nerds. They might be nerds. They might be jocks. They're not necessarily social outcasts. So I think maybe that's a commonality. I guess the only other common... Uh, not social outfit. Uh, I feel like samurai sword owners... And social outcasts is a Venn diagram that might be a circle. No, 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 no. In no, my you're wrong. I'm. How am I? Okay, I'm sorry. Dudes that are really into like anime porn, those are not. They're not all the ones who own samurai swords. Right. And I will argue this to my death. I probably should not say to my death. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a heavy statement to make when we're talking about samurai culture. <laughs> right. There's a lot of like, you know, you made a mistake now. You have to uh, honor your promise. It really kind of transcends, like you said, political beliefs, social class, uh, you know, friend groups. Like every friend group, I think, has a samurai guy, no matter if you're talking about mm-hmm. like the athletes or, you know, like the rockers or whatever it is. There's always a samurai guy. It's something we have to do some kind of like sociological study on this. I think my friend group does have a samurai guy in it. Now yeah. that you say that, I'm going back through. I think we do have one. Yeah, we have at least one. There might be a couple. And it's not always the same type of guy in every friend group. It's just every friend group has one. And honestly, I I think the only thing that sword guys have in common is not caring whether the dates they bring home think they're serial killers. 
I don't think a samurai, if I see a samurai sword at a guy's house when I go home with him, theory. Serial killer is not my first thought. Giant dork is probably your first thought, right? Giant dork is my first thought. Yeah. yeah. I'm, more, I'm, I'm not going to sleep over. I'm going to leave in 25 minutes. There's no better demonstration of sexism in our society where we can talk about cat ladies, but we can't talk about sword guys. <gasps> cat ladies and sword guys are very similar energy. <gasps> True. It's very similar energy. I don't think anybody's advocating for sword guys. Like, you know, cat ladies, you know, like, cats are cool. No, 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 no. I take that back. No, not cat ladies, horse ladies okay. and samurai guys. Horse girls. Same yeah, now we're on the same yeah. page. Horse girls. Horse girls yeah, that's yeah. more accurate. You're right. You're horse right. girls are the sword guys of girls. Yeah, I think that sentence makes sense. Oh, man. Horse girls. So embarrassing. There's def there's always a I wouldn't say in your friend group, but in your elementary school class, oh, there's yeah? always a horse girl. I remember ours, her name was we had two. We had Emily and Kaylee. I think we're both horse girls. Very into it. Krista was my horse girl in my elementary school class. Who was your horse girl, Alice? Oh man. Uh I remember her name was Brooke. Don't remember her last name, but that's pretty good because then I can't dox her. Right. I, I, exactly. I was like, ah, these are common names. It's fine. And also there was like four Emily's in my class. So if any of them are listening, it's probably you. I think they'd remember if they were like really into horses though, right? I yeah, I feel like they're still from what I know on Facebook, I think she's still pretty into horses, actually. So it's not a phase, mom. Not, it wasn't a phase. It was not a phase. I mean, I took horseback riding lessons. I was like into riding horses, but I wasn't like, I didn't like collect stuff with horses on it. Yeah. I collected stuff with pigs on it. At some point, someone in my family found out I liked pigs and now I get pig gifts for all holidays. Oh no. I, I do like the same pigs. thing once with elephants. Yeah, you can't give yourself like a defining characteristic that specific because people are going to latch onto it because buying gifts is fucking hard. Give people an inch, they take a mile. It is. Buying gifts is hard. What did you guys get your mothers for Mother's Day? Flowers. I take mine out to like a fancy dinner every year because that's just uh, less stressful to like figure out what to buy her. That's a good one. And I helped her move. Oh, that's a great gift. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, do this very easy thing where I pre-order bouquets for special events and then that way I never have to think about it. You do it like all at once, like for the whole year? Yes. <laughs> You would do that. That is that is such Alice behavior. It's really smart. It is very smart. It's very like type yeah. A, I feel like. It's very type A. It's, that's that, type A is Alice, is type Alice. Let's just let's just Well, I was an A student. Oh. Let's just check this all off for the year. You know, I'll see you guys again in January. <laughs> all done. Replace my order. Um, I was actually on top of it this year. I got my mom a love box, which she loves, which is great. It's like a little wooden box and you can put it on your counter and you have an app that pairs your phone and you can just send little notes to it and the heart on it spins when you get a little love note so now Aww. i can just from my phone tap her and be like i love you hope you're having a good day and then she can like see it it's really cute i don't think my mom's gonna listen to this podcast so i think i'm gonna steal that for her birthday because it's in june and do gonna- it they're great <laughs> it was like a very easy gift like it was just done and she like re- thought it was really cute and different so and they're like a hundred bucks it was not terribly expensive awesome that's a done yeah. deal now Mm-hmm. I saw it on Instagram. If uh, Lovebox would like to sponsor us, please get in touch. Info at two girls, one mic. Yeah, this is okay. free advertising right now. I know. I've been telling everybody about it. I should really have more Instagram Where's sponsors. your referral code? Right? 
All right. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, we'll have a referral code so that way you can get a discount. Check the comments. And if we don't have one in the show notes, then too bad. Kate was lazy. Sorry. You can't send porn through them, though. It's just notes. But they have little animations. Like I sent her a whale that says, I whaley love you. It'd be weird to use the same device you could send that message on to send porn. Like that's, you know, you got to draw boundaries. They have different ones because when you set up the app, it asks you like who is using the love box because like there are some that are for like couples. So if you're really far away, I think you can get a little more racy with it. I picked parent. Yeah. Don't accidentally pick couples when it's for your like your parent. That would be awkward. Or would it if it's your stepdad? Right. (gasps) I know. Father's Day is coming up. I have to get something for all 35 of my stepdads. (laughs) Luckily, they all live in Chatsworth. So brunch plans are pretty easy. Look, I don't need to get my father a tool because I already am one. So, uh, right. But getting back to the porn, we need to talk about the flying acrobatics in the fight scene. Yeah, the there was some like string work, a la Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon type stuff. Pretty impressive fight choreography for an adult film. I was not expecting. Well, like we said, they had the Power Rangers guy. So yeah. this was a professional operation. Power Rangers guy did not come to fuck around. Yeah, he was there to work. He did his job. Did we ask Eva how much time they spent doing, like, learning that? Because I feel like that would have taken oh, no. quite a while to teach them how to do this and, like, choreograph it and everything. I didn't, but yeah. I should find out from her. I'm, I'm interested to know if they had to, like, go on, like, a separate day and, like, train Well, I will do my best. And if you're a Patreon, subscribe and I'll find out and let you guys know in the Discord. I was actually really angry while watching this porn at one point. So after this fight scene where the blonde, you know, kicks ass, slashes a bunch of guys with her katana, the little brother of Bill knocks her out from behind with the laziest. Wait, the little brother of Bill, who's also named Will. Who's also the old, older brother. Yeah. So at the same time. They're Bill and mentioned. Will. So those are both short versions of William. <laughs> That's just a little note I thought was worth bringing up. I think that was intentional. <laughs> Maybe one was Billiam. Maybe one was Billiam. Yeah, I guess that's possible. Yeah. (laughs) But it was like the laziest head strike I've ever seen. Yeah, he kind of phoned that one in. Yeah. (sighs) Not that I was like looking this up. I mean, I just always am. But I I did recently discover that the Duggars actually have three or four boys that are named a different version of James. It's like Jimmy. Well, there's Jim, Bob, and then there's actual James. There's like two other ones, but they're all versions of James. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. So technically they do have the same name. Yeah, yeah. There's so many names. Just so many names. Pick a new one. I mean, I'm the third, so I'm one to talk, but I did not continue that with my son. So you're John Drake the third? I am. Isn't that embarrassing? <laughs> why do you not tell no, why don't you tell people you need to own that? Yeah, or just go by trip. It's not good because like it's a, a fucking pain in the ass, like the DMV. And when you go to get your social security number, they're like, oh, this says III, but this says three R D. And then you have to get one of them changed. It's a nightmare. Don't do it. Don't name your kids. That would be annoying. <laughs> like Don't name your kids the third or the fourth or anything after junior. Just keep it to that. That would be frustrating because you could accidentally commit voter fraud. No, no, no. I wasn't trying to vote as my dead dad or granddad. Right. I mean, like I I applied for something recently and they were like, you don't have to give your social security number. And I was like, I will. (laughs) Just because half the time I don't, they are like, "Uh, you owe this much money. And also you died in 2017. I'm like, no, that's my dad. So (laughs) 
That's not my problem. Also, I feel like it'd be problematic for like background checks. Like yes. if not that your relatives are criminals, but if you were like the third they're, or no, no, they, they the are. name. They, and are, they are criminals. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm like, no, you can't ever get security clearance. No. Yeah. I'm Googling, can you stop paying taxes if you're dead? And the answer is yes. So So what you're saying is I should lean into this whole confusion and try to take advantage of it. Maybe. Yeah. Is it tax fraud? Probably. Just make sure you're cashing those social security checks at a variety of ATMs. You don't want to just like make it easy. Don't form a pattern. Yeah, exactly. You got to move around. Serial killer logic. If there's anyone that you want to defraud, it's the IRS. Like, they don't deserve any pity. That's a victimless crime. I agree. I fully agree with this. As someone that has to do my taxes this week. Oh, no. Oh, it's late, too. It's It's so late. It's so late. I'm so behind. I literally just have to call the tax solution people and be like, I fucked up. Sorry, guys. I have no money and I own nothing, so... You got to call one of those people you see on like TV in the middle of the night. Yeah. Ideal tax solution. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I actually did look this up and I asked a couple of other people about it and they were like, oh yeah, I did the same thing in my twenties and I just called them and they just like took the, they were just like, all right, well you owe this much, but we'll settle for this much or whatever. Like apparently that's very common. So not to Alice cause Alice would never do something like that, but I'm a little more irresponsible. So this is good to know. Cause I'm very irresponsible. So <laughs> this is helpful information. Yeah, I'm very irresponsible. Yeah, no, I've, I've had several, cause I mean, I'm also a comedian and I, most of my friends are comedians and they're generally not the most responsible people. So it turns out this has happened to pretty much every comedian <laughs> in their late twenties yeah. where they <laughs> didn't pay taxes. <laughs> when I get any kind of like collections notice or whatever, I just have a duffel bag. I put it in there, I seal it up and I say, well, we'll wait and see. How bad do you really want this money? <laughs> I organize the mail into a stack or pile in which I put it in the freezer. Why? So it won't get lost. Sorry, it's from uh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> and Andy keeps all of their bills in the freezer. <laughs> I do love that scene. I was about to say, are you Andy Dwyer? But no, you were just making a reference. <laughs> I dated an Andy Dwyer. And uh, let me tell you, super fun, three years. But that man calls the phone company to pay his phone bill. Like, that's how he thinks you pay a phone bill. He calls T-Mobile and has like a 20-minute conversation with like DeAndre or whoever the fuck answers and pays his phone bill that way. It's also like a Nick Miller. There's a, there's a big overlap between Andy Dwyer and Nick Miller types. I can, I never got into New Girl. Oh, uh, man. Because I, I, I can't stand Zoe Deschanel. I find her very irritating. She's not really the lead character Fair. after season one. It's more of an ensemble. So I say it's worth like suffering through or even just start in season two if you can and give it a shot because it's worthwhile. I know. Everyone said, I just started watching AP Bio, which I really, really like. Oh, yeah. That was a fun show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really fun. I, I like that one a lot. I just got um, Peacock, which has a bunch of great stuff. I watched Rutherford Falls, which I loved. That's the Ed Helms one, right? Yes. Really, really good. Highly recommend. Nice. That's on my short list to start watching. Yeah. See, I've been getting really into The Circle. Have you guys watched it on Netflix or am I the only one? I've heard of it. The Circle? No. What's that about? What? Okay, it's fantastic. It's basically a bunch of people locked in rooms in a building, and essentially it's a popularity contest where they're voting every couple of days on who is the most popular. And you have to form alliances. It's all about strategy. You could be a catfish, so you'll have people who are like, in the French version that I'm watching right now, there were two 80-year-old grandmothers that were attempting to be like a 20-year-old grandson. They did not know any slang. It was horrific. Because they're all like in separate. They don't actually interact in person, right? It's like a closed exactly. social media thing. I watched like some of the first season. It reminds me of Big Brother a little bit. I like Big Brother. I was going to say, it kind of sounds like the premise of Big Brother, but it sounds yeah. super interesting. 
It's just a fascinating social experiment. What I love was, uh, so great example, it's like season two. Uh, they're having a discussion, they're doing a makeup challenge, and one of the characters, Jack, he's pretending to be Emily, and he receives this palette of makeup. No idea how to use it. So he has his liquids, his powders, no idea. Completely fudges it. It's so bad that Netflix uh, decided to use it as like their Instagram main photo. <laughs> So they knew this was like a bad enough moment to go viral. <laughs> oh, absolutely. At one point, one of the characters, you know, just to lean into realizing, nah, this this is probably a catfish. It's not a 20-year-old sorority girl. It's definitely a guy. They ask Jack who they think is Emily. They're like, name your top five makeup brands. Oh. If you ever want to know if a guy is straight. You did. I remember you telling me about this on uh, when we were in Nashville. I remember you telling right? me to start name your top five makeup brands. That's a good one. Um, I tried. I asked my spouse. He couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. I don't think any of my guy friends would. They'd be John, like cover name girl. name five makeup brands. Don't Google. I know uh, Mac, Sephora, and that's the end of the list. <laughs> I would allow Sephora because they have their own okay. brand. They have, brand. They have makeup forever, yeah. but it's not yeah. technically. No, they have like the Sephora branded stuff at Sephora. I knew they had... Makeup Forever. I didn't realize they had Sephora. No, they have a whole line of of like Sephora. It's the cheaper stuff at Sephora. I know that because that's the one I would buy if I go to uh, Sephora, which I don't. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I would go with Liv and I would just be like, Liv, you pick it out for me. You just get what I need and I'll just pay for it when we get to the thing. But I'm going to use her rewards card because she has mad fucking Sephora rewards. So every time we go, we get free uh, free shit. What I'm saying is it's a fascinating show. Check it out. Uh, Netflix is not paying me to say this, but also just amusing because you get to see, you know, random strategy and shit like this where you realize, oh, wait, I probably should start asking guys, what are your top five makeup brands? I am definitely going to about to start binge watching new episodes of The Hills, which I'm so excited is back. Wait, The Hills? I like the show the from The Hills is childhood? back. <laughs> it's back. I'm so excited. I'm so stoked. Is it the same cast? Yes, but oh, they're man. old and they're doing the same shit, except Brody Jenner looks exactly the same. He hasn't aged at all. I'm just sad Jay Cutler's not going to be on it. So much. So let's wrap up this porn. Whew, where should we start? Um, <laughs> The last scene when he's like, I'm going to keep you and you're going to be my slave. And I was like, that seems like a great deal. I would, everything you're saying right now is doing it for me, Xander. Xander playing Bill? Yes. Uh, Friend of the show, Xander Corvus. Okay. Uh, so he was playing Bill. Which he did a great job. Yeah, good he did a good job. And not also, a great wig. Didn't love the wig. No, did not love the wig. Uh, but that said, he definitely threw his voice because it didn't sound like Xander. No, he's a good actor. He's going for that David Carradine baritone, like that, you know, the actor from the original Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. He had this very deep, precise voice. And yeah, I think he mimicked it pretty well. It was an impressive performance. Shouts to all the acting in this movie. It was it was pretty on point. Yeah, I mean, for a homage, this was really good. And I have to say that it was a slightly different ending. Uh, in this case, we had Belladonna that assists for people yeah. who have not watched a porn. Uh, Eye Patch Lady. Right. Ellie Driver in the original Kill Bill, now Belladonna in the new version. Or the porn version. Assist the bride in killing Bill. Yes. And then the bride and she part ways on friendly terms. Friendly-ish. You know, they threaten each other a little yeah. bit, but they let each other go. There's no fight at the end. Yeah. That that scene blazed. I was like, really? You're just going <laughs> to let her go? And then just going to kill her in the future? Like, I get, because there's a sequel, but all right. Like, 
she's already there. <laughs> just get it over with. Like, you have the gun. Like, you're just holding it. Like, you, this could be over right now. And you know you're going to kill her eventually, so just maybe just <laughs> get it out of the way so you can move on. She let them have a sword fight while she was holding a gun. Just shoot yeah, him. just like, chilling. <laughs> just. <laughs> what are you trying to prove? <laughs> just get it over with. Everyone can go home in time for dinner if you just shoot this dude. But, yeah, that was weird that they didn't have her, like, exit and come back or something. Right, she just sits like, that there. That seems like it, that could have been handled very easily where he could have been, like, go do something else. And she could have walked off set and then come back when he's, like, got the sword over her and then shoot him. Instead of her just sitting on a patio chair while this whole thing is going down. She was waiting to see what side she chose. She was like, whoever wins the sword fight, I'll just step in at the last moment, <laughs> shoot the other guy. And then they'll be like, all right, you're on my side, so you can live. Yeah, and and neither of them are going to acknowledge that I'm just sitting here chilling, right. waiting to, as the decider with my gun in my hand pointed at you. In the original <laughs> Kill Bill, uh, Uma Thurman pulls out the other eye of Ellie Driver, so she's left with zero eyes, and that's just not a great way to go. No. She's left with zero yes. eyes in a trailer with a poisonous snake. That's like my nightmare. I don't know. Eye stuff is very- Eye stuff is gross to me, too. Very hard to watch, like- Oh, so this reminds me of Pei Mei, and we need to talk about this for like 30 seconds. So the reason that in the original, Uma Thurman pulls out Ellie Driver's eyeball is because she says that she murdered Pei Mei, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the master, the teacher of mm-hmm. the Uma Thurman character, the bride, who taught her everything. Right. All right. Pei Mei, as you probably are aware, John, you know, in the original, is played by an Asian guy, Gordon Liu. And I have to say, they they do a great job of doing the makeup of an Asian guy looking like he's pretending to be Asian. The role was almost played by Tarantino himself, but I have to admit, the porn essentially shows you what Tarantino would have looked like had he played Pei Mei. Yeah, 2015 should have been an Asian actor playing that role. Yeah. Did they want to? <laughs> Actually, interesting oh. thing. There are not a lot of Asian people in porn in general. Exactly. There are, some girls, yeah. but there are not a lot. That's actually, I've heard that conversation happen before, like among directors and stuff saying that like, it is very hard when they're casting something where they need, especially an Asian male, it's very, very hard to find someone for that role. Right. Like that's a notable thing that they struggle with on a regular basis, apparently in casting pornos. There's not enough Asian dudes. That's so, fair. Interesting. Also, clearly where most of their wig budget went to. Yeah, he's got you know a good eight feet. <laughs> he's got of the good wig. White yeah. hair coming in. <laughs> Xander's walking around with like a Kate Gosling chop off. It really was like the Karen haircut. Like I want to talk to your manager. Cut. <laughs> I kept hearing that Venus was gonna the main girl. I kept hearing hers was gonna like fly off. Like it didn't look like well attached to me for whatever reason. The way that it was like under her hair or something. Like she probably had a lot of hair that they had like pinned down under it, but it just looked like it was too high on her head. And I kept like thinking it was going to get pulled off. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Daniels, good acting, but Jesus, who picked out your wig? I have never had sex with a wig on, um, but I think that would be hard. I feel like it would limit your performance, right? You're not going to give 110% when you're scared your wig's going to fly off at any minute. Like, yeah, you definitely can't pull her hair. Sure. Like, yeah. you know, another restriction. I mean, I remember that being a, a question that they would ask pretty much every time you would get on set and be in hair and makeup. It'd be like, do you have extensions? All of the, they always ask that because they won't pull your hair if you have extensions. Male talent will ask that too. This is logistical stuff yet. You have to consider. Yeah. It's a conversation that has to take place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never did. I was, I was like, no, this was all mine. And then the hair and makeup artist would be like, God damn it. 
It's going to take a long time. So final thoughts. Uh, John, you are the Kale Bell expert. You've seen it a million times over. What do you think? I think this was a very solid approximation of like the basic points of the Kill Bill story. I give them credit for like costume design, set design, choreography, everything. It was more than a porn probably needed. And I don't know who it's for at that point. Like, but I respect the effort. And I never know who these are for. You know, like, are you going to sit there for three hours and watch it front to back? I feel like usually with a porn, you're checking out, you know, at a certain point for obvious yeah. reasons. And then, <laughs> like, do you go back and watch the rest of the storyline after that? I, I don't know. It's just confusing to me. But I really do commend everybody who, like, put the time into this movie to make it as kind of legit as it was. Because it was solidly done. Everything was was pretty good. I think best performance, I've got to give it to Ash Hollywood as Belladonna. I think, you know, she had the most acting chops in the cast as far as I'm concerned. Really good performance. And I don't think I would watch it again. Like, it's not going to be part of my usual Kill Bill rewatch. I won't add this to the end of it. But if anybody asked me, like, is there a good porn version of Kill Bill? I'd be like, strangely, yeah, there kind of is. Here you go. And (laughs) have fun. And I guess we'll just have to find out uh, when potentially, because I know there's rumors floating about about a Kill Bill 3 may or may not be happening. There was a little bit of a tease in the first Kill Bill with Vivica Fox's uh, daughter, you know, maybe seeking out Uma Thurman's character in the future. I mean, enough time has passed now where it would be like logistically possible. She'd be in her 20s. She could be an assassin by now. Uma Thurman's daughter? Yeah. Potentially could be old enough to fight back and or, you know, be a worthy opponent. And Uma Thurman's daughter is actually an actress now, Maya Hawke. So you could have her play the Uma Thurman character. That would make sense. Honestly, the stars feel like they're aligned right now for this to happen. We just got to convince Tarantino to make it work. All right. Who has Tarantino's number? What is he up to these days? I don't know. But I did do a very nice homage to him on his birthday in which I made a bunch of foot porn. Well, I hope Tarantino watched, and I hope it was mostly foot stuff, because we all know he's Yeah, that's it. really his main thing. It was all foot stuff, and I dressed like Margot Robbie in Once Upon a Time Hollywood, because I already had the costume, because I wore it for Halloween last year. So <laughs> I was like, oh, perfect. I'll just do it. And I was like, oh, his birthday is uh, March 27th. And so I just took a bunch of foot pictures, and then I captured them, and people really liked it. Everyone got the joke, so that was great. And also, my foot fetish fans were very happy. I mean, that's a win-win, right? Yeah, I hate foot fetish porn. It's my least favorite genre of porn. It's not for me. I hate doing personally. It. Yeah, I don't. I don't really get it. But it's so much work, start to finish. It's uh, it's it's a lot of effort. Um, I like to walk around barefoot, so I would always get criticized for that. And it's a lot of. I mean, just the mechanics of stroking a wiener in between your feet that takes an enormous amount of core strength. You probably get a Charlie horse too, right? Like it seems like an easy way to get a Charlie horse. Very much so. Yes. Yeah. It is uh, It is not fun. I don't understand how it feels good for people. Also, I have weird looking toes. So like I'm a little self-conscious of them and I just like don't think anyone really needed to see them. So Kate, I just Googled you on a wiki feet. <laughs> oh, did you really? What's my rating? Yes, I did. Rating beautiful feet. Uh, it says shoe size eight, birthplace United Kingdom. Who do they? Th- what? That's not me. Is this a, They've gotten you that mistaken. That is not you. Yeah. This can't, no, these photos are not you. There's an actress named Kate Kennedy from the United Kingdom. 
Um, yeah, no, that's yeah. her. You see, yeah, this is what yeah. it's like being the third. You get mistaken yeah. all the time. People are, you know, mistaken identities pop up and it's not fun. Yeah. Also, the lady that runs Star Wars is Kathleen Kennedy, which technically yes. is where it came from. <laughs> so, yeah. And also the dead sister of the dead president. Her name was also Kathleen Kennedy. I really hope that by the time this episode comes out, like, I hope people are like, you know what? Alice and Kate don't have wiki feats. Let's put them on there. Yeah. Let's rate them highly. <laughs> Frankly, I'm a little offended. There's a lot of <gasps> pictures of them out there. I didn't realize there's feet of the year. Feet of the there's year? An award? Who won 2020? What do you get? I hope like a pedicure gift card. That would make the most sense. Some of those nice socks. I'm actually really confused because it's like presenting feet of the year 2019 ranking. So like, did we just skip 2020? Well, I guess it was maybe, a hard year. yeah, not enough people Nail were showing their were feet. closed. Did COVID kill feet? I had my PR guy over one time last year. We were just like having drinks and he like looked at me. He's like, oh, he's like, you got to get a pedicure. You feel a graph. Like, excuse you. Where am I supposed to go, sir? I know. <laughs> How am I supposed to do this myself? I'm not handy with the paintbrush. Pfft, rude. Scrub my own feet. God, why am I a peasant? Just another thing 2020 took for us. <laughs> John, where can our listeners find more of you? Oh, I'm on Twitter uh, at Drake Gatsby. Um, I have two podcasts at Blast Zone Pod and at Talk Chef Podcast. That's a Top Chef Podcast. Uh, Blast Zone is a podcast where we talk about movies that bombed at the box office every week. So that's that's a fun one. And uh, that's basically it. <laughs> I kind of want to know what bombed at the box office recently. <laughs> oh, we don't do a lot of recent movies just because movie theater has been okay. closed, but Tenet uh, definitely bombed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about hubris. Uh, we're, we'll have an episode on that one, but I feel like nobody wants to listen to an episode that's going to be mostly about COVID right now. You know, like maybe in like 2022, we'll talk about Tenet right. and why it failed because it's not the time to talk, spend an hour and 10 minutes talking about COVID. You know, people are kind of over that right now. I think that movie would have failed regardless. I would not have gone and seen it. That movie sucks. Yeah, no. It's I so would, fucking no. confusing. It makes no sense yeah. to me. It's like when everybody was really into um, oh, fuck, Inception. That was annoying. Yeah. Oh, that was such an annoying year. But Inception makes like at least 50% more sense than Tenet does, even as nonsensical as it is. Yeah. Somehow it's better. <laughs> so we have some patrons to thank this week. And this week we want to thank... RJ, Brendan Nash, Gibbons Camp, Matthew Barrett, Leon Kasab, Barry Lynn, Stephen Rausch, Jim DeKiwifruit, Hawksbill, James, John S., Alexandra Dees, Bethany Nicole, Carl Rich, Brian Gowdy, Wendy Cornwall, and many, many others. And if you want to become a patron, support the show, join our Discord, uh, get some bonus episodes from us, head on over to twogirlsonmike.com, hit the support button, or head on over to patreon.com slash twogirlsonmike. Either way, you're going to end up there or to our PayPal and give us money. If you don't want any rewards, that's fine. We like money. It also helps keep the lights on, pay our editor. And Kate, you have another show as well. So where can our listeners find you? I'm also working on a new one right now, which I'm really (gasps) excited about. I have a meeting about it tomorrow, which is like, I can't really tell you about it yet, but it's a really good idea. Um, And I really like everyone that we're pulling in to get involved in this. And I'm actually just producing it, which is kind of exciting for me. 
um, instead of being on Hell it. Yeah. yeah. So I know, moving steps forward in my career. But anyways, uh, I also currently host the podcast Cam Girl Chronicles presented by I'm Live, uh, where I interview cam girls from all over the world. Season one is out now. You can check it out at camgirlpod.com. It's also available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the OG Kennedy. That's the as in the OG as in original gangster Kennedy, like the dead president. You can also find me on Instagram at the PG, like the movie rating, because it's Instagram Kennedy, like the dead president. Uh, and you can subscribe to my OnlyFans if you would like to keep my lights on. It's actually free right now. I don't know if it's still going to be free when this episode comes out, but uh, I do promos all the time. Whatever. You can find it at theogkennedy.com. And y'all can find the show at all places on social media at TGOM Podcast. But on Facebook, we don't post as often just because I frequently get banned for like 30 days nonsensically. It's not my fault. It's Zuckerberg's fault. Sorry. Also, that stuff that I said I was going to do is on my list of things to do. I am a bit tied up right now between taxes and everything else. Mostly taxes. Fucking taxes. Fucking taxes. Uh, you guys can find me, Alice, at Rational Blonde on Twitter because I don't use Instagram. I exist there, but find me on Twitter. I interact and stuff. But you guys can also find us again next week. Make sure to uh, like, subscribe, leave a comment, because why haven't you already? Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye.